This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. Welcome to a new episode of our special series, Road to a Bright Future, where we explore infrastructure projects around the world under the Belt and Road Initiative. Today, we will take you to the world's largest archaeologic state, Indonesia. With over 16,000 islands spanning both sides of the equator, people in Indonesia rely on diverse range of transportation systems to travel around the country. People commute from Jakarta to Bandung, and Bandung and Jakarta very often. It makes that transportation between Jakarta and Bandung is very important. But a poor condition of infrastructure has been hampering the flow of population and goods, driving up the cost of logistics and dragging down the economic growth. In 2015, the Indonesian government unveiled an ambitious plan to build a high-speed railway, aim at enhancing connectivity between the capital Jakarta and Bandung, an emerging hub for technological innovation. The railway is said to become the first of its kind in Southeast Asia. What economic benefits could a railway bring to Indonesia? Also, given the region's precarious geography and frequent earthquakes, how will the railway ensure its long-term sustainability? In this episode. CGTN reporter Xu Xinchen joins me to uncover the stories behind the Jakarta-Bandung High-Speed Railway. This episode is brought to you on Wednesday, September 6th. Xinchen, uh, first, some basics about the Jakarta-Bandung High-Speed Railway. Where does the high-speed rail link together, and to what extent can it change local transport? The high-speed rail connects Indonesia's largest city, also the country's capital, Jakarta, with the country's fourth-largest city of Bandung. The two cities are over 140 kilometers apart. China won the bid to build the high-speed rail back in 2015, and the project then became a very important project under the China-led globalization scheme, the Belt and Road Initiative. Car ride between Jakarta and Bandung takes about two and a half hours, with the Chinese high-speed technology reaching 350 kilometers per hour top speed. Commute time is halved. China Railway Group is the firm that is in charge of making Chinese high-speed technology available to Indonesia. The Chinese construction giant also built the Laos-China Railway that went into operation in 2022. The Jakarta. The Jakarta-Bandung high-speed rail is still considered the first high-speed route in. ASEAN with future possibilities to, in fact, connect among ASEAN countries. Well, looking back, why did Indonesia decide to build this rail line in the first place? I mean, why does the country need it? Discussions for building a high-speed rail link started decades ago in Indonesia. Yet, detailed plans for such a grand construction really came in late 2000s, and both Japan and China have showed interest to take the bid to build Indonesia's high-speed rail. Traffic in Indonesia is perhaps among the busiest. In its capital Jakarta, cars can stack in traffic for hours. While people still prefer to drive, there are needs to strengthen the local public transport. Not only the high-speed train shortens the journey between Jakarta and Bandung to 45 minutes, but also it runs on electricity. Very great. Before COVID-19, data suggests some 40 million cars entered Bandung toll gate from Jakarta a year on an average, and another 4 million passengers travel between the two cities via intercity trains. So a lot of demand we're seeing for the commute between the two cities, and definitely there is huge demand for people, especially studies show that especially for business trips, that they are looking for a faster, greener, and even more comfortable commute between the two cities, and high-speed rail can offer that. 
Hmm. If we also consider the experience of China, we know transfers of technological know-how plays a big part in the decision-making process of high-speed projects in the past. So, how about the Jakarta-Bandung high-speed railway? I mean, what would be the Indonesian side get in this realm? So, first, the high-speed rail is operated by a local entity. The construction was carried out by a joint venture with the China Railway, and the railway is packed with technologies from China. The railway track is equipped with smart devices, sensors, earthquake monitoring capabilities, and an early warning system. A lot of the technologies definitely are from more like of Chinese private sectors. Speaking of the earthquake monitoring systems, what I've learned there are different ways, different modes to detect earthquakes,、uh, but it not really predicted the earthquake, but actually to predict how long it will take for the shock wave、uh, to hit the area, to hit the track, or to hit the region、uh, from the epicenter, either use with echo technologies, echoing, or or wire sometimes.、Uh, so far, I'm not quite sure what technology is being used for the、uh, high-speed rail, but definitely for Indonesia. Uh, prone to earthquakes,、um, that technology is helping to provide better safety to the operation of the high-speed rail. And in addition, personnel from China and Indonesia have closely collaborated in order to prepare for the official commencement of the operation of the Jakarta-Bandung high-speed rail. The Chinese side has provided professional training to Indonesian students in high-speed rail operation positions, including train drivers, train mechanics, and. Operation control center dispatchers, so that there will be enough talent and technical support for the high-quality opening of the railway. Well, let's talk about construction and operation. First of all, who are the contractors? China Railway Group is definitely the giant behind the project. Yet, China Railway Rolling Stock Cooperation, or CRRC, is offering the locomotive technologies, and there are, as I mentioned, some private sectors involved that can offer a wider range of tasks,、uh, like those smart sensors, earthquake monitors, etc. And who will operate the railway on a daily basis? Would it be fully operated by local people eventually? Kereta Sipat Indonesia China, or KCIC is the consortium that operates the railway. Sixty percent of the joint venture is owned by PT Pillar Synergy Bomb Indonesia, and forty percent owned by Chinese state-owned companies. Yet, from what I've learned, is that the highway creates real jobs to real local people. As I mentioned, the two countries have been collaborating in terms of training more talents, especially local talents. Well, at the early stage, Chinese drivers may still be seen around, including technicians. The hope is that it can be fully staffed with local talents. You know, really bringing the real economic benefits to the region. It's not just selling the train tickets, but also create jobs, even boost travel, tourism, logistics, and etc. Right. Looking ahead,、uh, the Indonesian authorities say they want to build another high-speed rail, and the feasibility study, as far as I know, is already underway. What do we know about this? Japan has once studied the possibility and feasibility of building high-speed rail networks through Indonesia. Yet, no further details about that came out since 2015. However, if we look at how popular Chinese high-speed rail is becoming in recent years, we can definitely see the possibility and feasibility of more high-speed network built with Chinese technologies. Especially, I've been speaking to Chinese high-speed train experts in saying because 
how China has been accumulating over 40,000 kilometers of high-speed rail networks that provides the industry know-hows, um, and it's like a museum. It's like a record, uh, record room for different terrains, different possibilities for uh, how to prevent natural disasters, uh, make it safer, make it run good, high altitude and passing through earthquake-prone regions, hot weather, cold weather, Chinese high-speed rail in China can provide all those different plans to build high-speed rail networks. And as I have mentioned before, China allows railways in operation since 2022 already. High-speed railway is also being built in Malaysia and Thailand. And there are talks that these railway links can eventually be connected. Let's look back again here in China. High-speed rails continue to become very popular choice for travel. And if we look among ASEAN countries and Southeastern Asian countries, flights usually take an hour or two and, and, and maybe five hours top. High-speed rail or high-speed trains is definitely offering a very reliable and even more comfortable choice for travel. For, for my own experience, better leg rooms. I don't have to sit all through my journey. I can walk around and, and it feels good. And, and 350 kilometers per hour right now, uh, the top speed for, for Chinese high-speed rails. It's definitely a, a very good speed that it can really, for like short to medium travel and trips, it's a good trip. It's a good speed that it can cover it within hours. The Jakarta-Bandung High-Speed Railway also symbolizes the deepening ties between China and Indonesia. Last year, two-way trade surged by over 23% reaching nearly 1 trillion yuan, about 155 billion US dollars. He also marked the ninth year in a row that China secured its position as Indonesia's leading trading partner. According to Liu Kang, the Chinese ambassador to Indonesia, their collaboration encompasses more than just economic interactions. Now we have not only mega projects like the high, high speed railway, but we also explore possibility of some further development, like, for example, digital economy, e-commerce, smart cities, green technology, health, and also what our Indonesia friends most aspire, that is the downstream in industrialization. And we also expect more people-to-people -people exchanges, which is most important, actually, in bilateral relationship. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you like what you just heard, don't forget to follow us on your podcast platform. Just search for Deep Dive. You can also leave comments to tell us what you want to know about China and beyond. This episode is brought to you by me, Su Yi, and my colleagues Fei Fei, Li Yunqi, Zhang Zhang, and Qi Zhu. Special thanks to CGTN reporter Xu Xinchen. I will see you in the next one. Thank you.